Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoyed listening to the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. Tonight, we are actually going to conclude the Sermon on the Mount. Um, I uh, didn't come to the week planning on finishing up the Sermon on the Mount tonight. I actually uh, thought we would probably spend a couple more weeks on it. But as I studied it, I I started to see how it just kind of all fit together with one unifying theme. Um, And really, whenever I... Whenever I read the Bible, whenever uh, we, we should see it as a unity. We should see it as something that fits together from Genesis to Revelation. Each book should have its own internal consistency. Uh, we don't have the writers of the Bible contradicting each other. And here in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, as, as we've been going through it, um, I think maybe I was guilty of not seeing the unity that was there. I think whenever I approached the Sermon on the Mount before preaching through it this time, I think that I would come to it and I would see these disconnected parts instead of seeing the whole and and how it all fits together. So let's just kind of remember the things that we've seen throughout the Sermon on the Mount. We began with the Beatitudes where Jesus turns our idea of happiness on its head. He says, blessed are the poor. Blessed are those who are persecuted. He turns our idea of happiness on its head. And then He gives a sermon on the Ten Commandments, on the law. And and we see how all of our law-keeping of of, thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not lie, all of those things, all of our attempts at law-keeping fall short. Because God looks at our heart. Maybe we've never killed anybody, but we've been angry. Maybe we've never committed adultery, but we have lusted. And so Jesus cuts our legs from under us and shows us how our law-keeping is never enough. And then He shows us in chapter 6 how our good deeds aren't good enough. Prayer, fasting, giving to the poor, all of those things can be corrupted. Because we do those things for our our own glory instead of for the glory of God. He tells us not to worry. And how worrying itself is a lack of faith. He tells us not to lay up treasures for ourselves in heaven. He tells us not to judge one another. Not to to see ourselves as better than other people. Or to, to judge ourselves by other people. But instead, we need to, to, as Jesus said, look at the, uh, the log in our own eye before we judge someone else. We've seen Jesus give this great sermon, and tonight, He's warning us. He tells us of the narrow way, the narrow gate, and the broad, the wide gate. Just like the passage that Bradley read from, It says, uh, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end thereof leads to destruction. Jesus talks about that narrow gate. Not the wide gate, 
the broad one that leads to destruction, but that narrow gate. He says that we are to strive to enter into that narrow gate. And how does that fit with the rest of the passage we're going to look at? The other three things that he talks about tonight are distractions, distortions, or denials of that narrow way. They're things that can keep us from the narrow way. So let's read our text, beginning in verse 13 of chapter 7 of Matthew's Gospel. He says, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many, for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who are few who find it. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. One on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. And when Jesus had finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority, and not as their scribes. Let's pray. Father, we pray that uh, You would give us ears to hear and eyes to see. Lord, we pray that Your Spirit would be united with Your divine Word. And Lord, we would, we would have our eyes opened. And Lord, we, we would go out of this place changed. Father, help us not to be just hearers of the Word only. We come and hear and just sit and listen to a sermon and then go out and just continue to live the way we did before. Lord, let us take heed to Your words, as You say. Father, be with me. Lord, Your word says that uh, the people were amazed when Jesus taught, because He taught as one who had authority and not as the scribes. Lord, I stand as a man who... I don't have any authority in myself except to point to the book, to the Scriptures. And Lord, I pray that um, You would help me, preserve me from error. I pray that You would 
Help me to have confidence in your word, to speak it boldly. Lord, I pray that uh, you would forgive me when I err. And give me strength tonight to preach your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus, uh, he begins this with what I think is going to be the main point that we're, we're looking at all night tonight is enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction and those who enter by it are many. But the, narrow gate, but the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life and those who, are, those who find it are few. Notice something. He says, enter the, the, the narrow gate. He doesn't say enter a narrow gate. He says the narrow gate. You know, Jesus, whenever He is teaching in John chapter 10, He says that He is the gate, or He is the door of the sheepfold. And all who enter in by any other way are robbers. But you only can go in through Jesus. Jesus is the narrow way. He is the narrow gate. And in John 14.6, He says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father but through Me. When Jesus here says, enter in the narrow gate, He is making a claim to exclusivity. There is only one way to the kingdom of God. We cannot be saved any other way than through Jesus Christ. We cannot be saved through Buddha. We cannot be saved through Muhammad. We cannot be saved by Joseph Smith. We cannot be saved in any other way other than through faith in Jesus Christ. He is the way. He is the narrow way. The other thing we see here It says the way is wide and easy that leads to destruction. All of those other ways, they lead to destruction. And what we see is most of the human race, throughout all of history, most of humanity has been going down this road that goes down the the wide way that leads to destruction. It's easy to go to hell. It's easy to go down the, the wide road to destruction. What do we have to do to do that? We just do what we want to. We just do what we want to. It just comes natural. We just keep going along with the flow. We just live just like the culture, just like everybody else around us. And we just follow right down like sheep to the slaughter, down the wide road to destruction. The way is narrow. It leads to life. We have to swim upstream. We have to go against the flow to be able to follow Jesus. We look to Him. We look to Him alone. And Jesus begins to describe what I think is a distraction from the narrow way. He says in verse 15, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. 
Are grapes gathered from thorn brushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. Jesus here warns us against a distraction, and that is false teachers. There have always been false teachers among Christians. From the very beginning, we look at the the gospel writers, we look at the, the letter writers in the Bible from Paul and John and James. They were all writing against false teachers that were already there within the church. And I think particularly of uh, the book of 1 John. John, he, he writes against those who deny that Jesus came in the flesh. They were a group that... Uh, they, they had a distortion of the view of who Jesus was. They say that God, He couldn't possibly have become flesh. That He couldn't have possibly become a human being. He must have just appeared to be a human. Like some kind of phantom or something. Because they had the idea that flesh is good. I'm sorry, flesh is evil. And spirit is good. And so spirit, God who is spirit, could never become flesh. Well, John writes against us and he says, how do you know the spirit of the Antichrists? That's a small a. John says there are many Antichrists that have come. How do you know the difference between the spirit of Antichrists and the spirit of God? It's the one who has the spirit of God is the one who confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. And then there's other distortions that, or, or, or distractions from the narrow way that have to do with false teachers. Um, a few hundred years later, around 300, 400 um, A.D., there was uh, false teachers that, that taught that Jesus wasn't really God. Believers, Christians, have always believed that Jesus is God, that God Himself took on flesh. He became a human being. But there were those who denied that. They said, how could, how could a, a God who is one be three? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so they denied the, the Trinity and, 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 um, uh, and they preferred a, a view that, uh, that basically God is just one and that Jesus may have been some kind of creation Maybe the highest creation, the best creation, but just still, just another creation and not God Himself. And that's false teaching. And it is the way to destruction. And then, another couple of hundred years, we're talking about 500, 600 A.D., you have uh, Islam coming on the scene. Muhammad came, and he, he had heard about Christianity, had heard about Jesus, and the, the, the Christians that he had contact were were. were they were themselves falling into some of the false teachings. And so Muhammad, he taught that Jesus was just a, a good man, a, a prophet, maybe even the greatest of the prophets, but he wasn't God. And they denied that Jesus was God. And then, in our own day, I'm going to name some, some names of different religions that are still around today. I mean, of course... Islam is around today, but those who would claim to be Christians, who use the Bible, 
who call themselves, if you ask them, they probably say they were some type of Christian. But Mormonism is one. Mormonism, you have Joseph Smith who, who comes up with this religion. He's a false teacher. It's a way to destruction. Mormonism does not hold the same view of Jesus that Christians have always believed. Mormonism teaches that, that uh, God was once a human being. Um, I saw the thing you shared on Facebook. <laughs> that God was once a human being and he, he just lived a good life as a Mormon and was able to achieve godhood and then how somehow he, he uh, was able to, to uh, populate this planet full of his spirit children and he sent Jesus as, as one of those spirit children who was, who was a, uh, a brother to, to Satan. It's not Christianity. It's not the way that the Bible teaches. Yet they use the Bible. They'll talk about the gospel. They'll talk about Jesus. But they don't mean the same Jesus we do. It is a distraction from the narrow way. And then Jehovah's Witnesses as well. They are basically just repeating the same heresy that happened in the three or four hundred area where, where they, they taught that Jesus wasn't really God, that maybe He was just the greatest of all the creations, but He wasn't God Himself. And then something that is more subtle, something that creeps into the church more subtly, more deceptively, is the prosperity gospel. Those preachers on TV, we see them wave their Bible. I'm not going to name names, but a lot of the things on TBN... I'm just saying it. If these prosperity preachers who say, send me your money, and God will bless you. And they've turned the gospel into a business. Getting money for themselves, trying to get um, uh, jets and things like that. I'm giving away a name. <laughs> I didn't have to say it. This is false teaching. It leads to destruction. We are warned by Jesus, stay away from false teachers, false prophets. They come as sheep in sheep's clothing, but inside they are ravenous wolves. They will distract you. They will pull you away from the narrow way. Then, Jesus says uh, In verse 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Isn't that scary? Isn't that scary? You know, what's, what's scary to me is these guys, they, they actually had their theology right. They knew who Jesus was. They said, Lord, Lord. And they, that was an empty thing. The Lord was the name for God, the God of the Old Testament. When they say, Lord, Lord, they're saying, we know who Jesus is. What's the problem with them? Jesus says He never knew them. What, are the hint, what is the hint that we have 
to why they were turned away, why they, they were going down the broad path that leads to destruction. I think it's a distortion of the narrow way. It's a distortion called legalism or moralism. Jesus said, On that day many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? What were they pointing to? They were pointing to themselves. They were saying, Look what I did. I cast out demons in your name. I did many miracles in your name. Jesus says, depart from me. I never knew you. We cannot trust in any other thing other than Jesus shed blood and righteousness for us in order to be saved. We cannot trust in our own works and our own goodness and our own moralism. That's the point Jesus was making in the earlier part of the Sermon on the Mount. We don't We cannot be good enough. We cannot keep the law good enough. It is only through the blood of Jesus. Our good works can't get us into heaven. Being a church member can't get us into heaven. Getting baptized can't get us into heaven. Teaching a Sunday school can't class can't get us into heaven. Being a preacher can't get us into heaven. Grandma's prayers can't get us into heaven. None of those things can get us into heaven. But only Jesus. Only Jesus shed blood and righteousness. We don't look to ourselves. We don't look to any condition in ourselves how good we are to present before God. Whenever, If we stand before God like these in this story... And God asks us, why should I let you into my heaven? We're not going to be able to point to any of those things. I was a preacher. I was a soul winner. I did all these things. No, the only answer we're going to have is I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the Master of the sea heard my despairing cry, and from the waters lifted me. Now safe am I. The only answer we're going to have is Jesus paid it all. All to Him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. The only answer that we can give at that moment is not pointing to our own works, our own goodness, our own righteousness. No. All we can say is, It is enough that Jesus died and that He died for me. Many will say, Lord, Lord, I did this, I did that, but it isn't good enough. Our only hope is to look to Jesus. And then, finally, this other section, there's a denial of the narrow way. Jesus says, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on a rock. And the rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. 
Maybe we've heard this story for a long time. We hear about the, the song that many kids sing whenever they're in children's Sunday school classes. You know, the, the wise man builds his house upon the rock. The wise man builds his house upon the rock. Yeah, we're <laughs> All right, Josh knows it. What is it that's the difference between the wise man and the foolish man here? <laughs> it isn't anything to do with the hearing. Both of them heard Jesus' message. They heard Jesus' warning. It says, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like the wise man. And the one who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like the foolish man. What, is, what am I getting at here? The, this, this thing that, that leads us away from the narrow way is a denial of it. A denial of the narrow way in libertinism. We cannot just say that we can just walk up an aisle and pray a prayer and then go out the door and live however we want to live. If Jesus has saved us, then He has a right to us. He is our Lord and Master. And so we hear and we have a choice. We can do what it says or we can ignore it. And we can push it down. And we can forget about it. Jesus is the one who builds His house on the rock, is the one who hears these words of mine and does it. Now, I don't want to confuse us and then and fall back into the trap of legalism. I'm not saying that doing good things that Jesus tells us to do will save us. That's not what I'm saying. These good works, these, this changed life that comes, it comes as a result. It follows the fact that all we do is believe and we throw ourselves into the arms of Jesus. He changes us, He puts His Spirit in us, and we're able to live a completely new life. And so that whenever we hear, we are His sheep. And Jesus says, My sheep know My voice, and they, hear, they follow Me. So what do we do when we hear God's Word, when we hear Jesus speaking to us in the Sermon on the Mount or in any page of Scripture? What do we do? We can do what it says, or we can ignore it. You know, it is dangerous to listen to a sermon. It is dangerous to open up your Bible and read it. Did you know that, boys? And Meadow? Do you know it is dangerous? Because every time we open up the Word, every time we come and hear a sermon, we have a choice. Are we going to do what God's Word says, or are we going to ignore it and just keep on doing things the way we always did them? Because the more we just ignore it, and the more we just keep on doing things the way we always did them, and don't put Jesus' words into practice, we just harden our hearts just a little bit more and a little bit more every time we say no to Jesus. And we are building up layer after layer after layer of a house on sand that will one day come crashing down. Now finally, the last words here, Jesus says, and when Jesus... Well, actually, it's, the, it's Matthew who says it at the end of the sermon. He says, and when Jesus finished these sayings... The crowds were astonished at His teaching, for He was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. 
Jesus was different than any other teacher. When we saw the early part of the Sermon on the Mount, we kept pointing this out. You know, Jesus, He said, you've heard that it was said before, and He quotes something in the Old Testament, but I say to you this, Jesus had authority when He taught. He didn't just say, well, so-and-so says this, and so-and-so says this. No, He came and He said, I say to you. He had authority. Well, me, as a preacher, when I stand up here, I am not Jesus. (laughs) Sorry to disappoint you. I fail many, many times. And, And who knows, there might have been something I said that was wrong in this sermon today. Not on purpose, but everybody makes mistakes, except Jesus. Jesus had authority. And as we, when I preach, my aim, my aim is try to stay as close to the text as possible. A lot of guys, they just tell a lot of stories and try to make points from these stories all over the place. I try to stay as close to the text as possible because the authority is not in me or anything that I say. The authority is in what Jesus said and what Jesus says through His Word. So every time we come, you can give or take what I say. You can go into one ear and out the other, and it doesn't matter what Jared says. But it matters what Jesus says. The Bible is a living book. And when we proclaim it as a, as a, as a preacher, it has power to change us, to, to command us, insofar as this is what Jesus is saying from His Word, don't turn away. Follow the narrow way. Follow the narrow way. Don't be distracted by false teachers. Don't be distorted by legalism. And do not deny the narrow way by just ignoring what Jesus says. But listen to the voice of the shepherd. Listen to the voice of the Master as He speaks to us through these pages. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.wordpress.com or you can like us on Facebook. Facebook.